start with trusting what's been around for a long time. There's a reason it's been around for a long time. Is all of it, you know, 100% true? You should right. jump over both feet. Probably not. You know, there's mm -hmm. tradition mixed in there. There's all that kind of stuff. See why yeah. the fence is there the fence example, before yeah. you tear it down. Yeah. I think sometimes we we read scripture and we think that there has to be some kind of deeper hidden thing and everything. So I need to go and hear what everybody's saying. Sometimes yeah. it's just plain. What it says is what it says. Yeah. So just check the sources. Don't yeah. just trust that because somebody uses the word scholar. Welcome to the Biblical Living Podcast. Matt, Chase, and Alex are back to break down the practical side of a biblical life and to have some fun in the process. Stick around to the end for the Saint or Eight segment. You don't want to miss it. Let's go. Welcome back to the Biblical Living Podcast. I am here with Alex Tucker from From the Pit Ministries. Link to his channel is down below. Hola. And Pastor Chase, one of my pastor friends, just a regular dude here, hanging out with us. We're going to break down some uh, interesting topics today. But before we get into our topic, how's everybody's week been? What's going going on with you? Big week at the Tucker House. Uh-oh. What's going on? Building installation has occurred. If you guys that don't know which is everyone listening. <laughs> I uh, have been waiting on a storage building to be delivered to my house, and it happened. Very nice. How long have you been waiting on that? Um, All my life. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. Like, So we moved in the end of last year, and it's been in the work since then. Right. So like... Oh, good while. that long, yeah. First of this year into last year. God's good, brother. But hey, what we talk about in the last episode... For those of you who didn't see the last episode, go check it out because we talked about delayed gratification. Delayed gratification. Pretty sure that mm -hmm. was in there last week. Oh, it is sweet to taste the fruits of delayed gratification. We talked about fruits a couple weeks ago. We did. We did. <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh, see, all these episodes interconnect. You got to keep up. Yeah, mm -hmm. as long as it's in the Bible. Can I tell you guys that uh, I I burned somebody super hard at work today? Oh, well, let's hear it. Sick burn. So I work in a jail, so the burns are kind of risky uh -huh. sometimes. Uh -oh. But they're worth it when you get a good one. The uh, There's a guy, he said, uh, I was coming back in with my lunch, and I got to unfortunately walk past the inmates, which I don't think is like, fair to them. They got to see me with like yeah. outside good food, and they're eating like whatever, but it's the only way to get back to my office. And the guy's like, what would you get for lunch today? And I said, I went to Samada's, and he's like, what's Samada? And I was like, what's Samada with you? <laughs> <laughs> he was there for a minute it was kind of tense i was like eh, eh? he's like oh, that's pretty good <laughs> so Samata with you. sick burn yeah <laughs> i'm gonna have to use that one yeah it's uh, rare but when they get when they fall into it it's so nice those, those are the best it. yep you feel especially it? in those risky situations where you don't yeah. know how they're gonna react because i didn't know this guy yeah and he was a kitchen worker so he's a trustee but still right. jail mm-hmm you know, you never know. Ways. You never know. At any moment. How about you guys? What's going on in uh, Moss or Davidson land? How about Moss land? So in our house, uh, we've been wrapping up school. So we homeschool our kids. And What? Uh, what? What? You have kids? I have kids. Um, and so, yeah, we've been wrapping up homeschool. It was the last week and my son had to do. So even though we're homeschooled, our state requires like state testing every three years hmm. just to make sure your kid's not, you know, falling behind, which I think is a good thing. Reasonable. But he's, uh, he's had three days of testing. Today was his last day. So he's excited. School is over for him. He is officially moving into the seventh grade. Whoa. 
Um, and my daughter is out of school now and excited. And so she's moving on up to third. So we've been wrapping up school, planning summer activities. Uh, we bought a, now my kids are super excited, but it's a big project for me tomorrow. Oh, here we go. <laughs> but we bought a, um, big giant inflatable water slide for our kids oh. And, oh. and the neighbor kids. Okay. Um, so we are going to be setting that up and just having a blast to celebrate the beginning of summer. Oh, yeah. And so we're excited. We got. But here's the real question. I will know. Your son who's going into seventh grade, has he been preparing for our uh, Ooh, journey into masculinity? The initiation. Look, I'm trying to get him to. Uh, so for those you know who don't know what should be everybody watching, <laughs> everybody except like three people, except our faithful our, wives. Right, yeah, shout out to movies. our wives. Shout out to our wives. Every podcast will have at least three views. <laughs> Sweet ladies. But um, so we've talked about my son's turning thirteen, and so hitting the hitting the teenage years. So we've talked about going out and uh, doing an initiation, taking them out camping into the woods, and the rules are that he has to build the fire. And if, mm. if he doesn't get the fire built, and we ain't helping him, he's got to nope. build the fire, we don't eat. Yep. So all the pressure's on him. Uh-huh. Um, and so he's got time to prepare. Before, but thus far, he has not really done much to prepare. Mm. If you think about it, and we should have touched on, on this in the last episode, I know the episode before last, biblical yeah. masculinity. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. America, like we have no initiation for <laughs> manhood. Yeah. Like, go back to the Native Americans, they had one. They just send their kids out in the woods for a night. Amen. You're welcome the for Viking, that. <laughs> Viking culture did. Uh just about it. Jewish culture. Mm-hmm. And in Bible times, they, they still have initiations yeah. when their boys become Bach men. Mitzvah. And Americans we just like, okay, here it is. Yep. You're an adult now. You, know you still live in your mom's basement. You know who else has initiations in manhood? My hero, the Liver King. <laughs> I can't even remember. <laughs> what was his initiation? How did he I initiate? don't know. He made his kids drag a bunch of weights or something for a mile, and okay. he's on steroids doing it. Yeah. It's fair. It's not that hard. Right. <laughs> you Come on, kids. Get it it's together. not that hard. 14 year old, you do it too. Look at the red tint of my skin. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> So, yeah, initiation, I think it's a great thing. So if you've got boys at home, I'm just saying, teach them to be a man. Yeah, they need some kind of trial, some difficult situation. To overcome. Yeah. And then because, um, what's his name? John Eldridge, Mm -hmm. Wild at Heart, says masculinity has to be bestowed. So manhood has to be bestowed on the next generation. That's a good book. I'll link that down in the description below. That's a great book. Yeah, all John Eldridge stuff is he's good. So what's going on in the Davidson house? Well, Aaron, my wife, is a teacher. I'm not going to say at which school because we don't need any stalkers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, she's got two days left with kids in her classroom. And then she's got – no, I'm sorry. Today's Thursday. She's got one more day left Ooh. with kids in her classroom and then two in-service days next week. And then she's done. She's not going back next year. Why not? Because we got a baby on the way. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, he's due it in August, August 6th. Oh. Wesley will be his name after one of the greatest theologians that's ever lived. John Wesley. John Wesley. I like it. So y'all, y'all in the full swing of baby mode right now. Yeah, yeah. We're getting 
Well, I'll say we. Aaron is uh, in nesting. She does all the work. Nesting, yeah. I mean, I carry all the heavy stuff, but she, she makes it look pretty. Putting together a crib. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that took forever. Cribs are so complicated. Yeah. Like, you have to have a screwdriver and a drill at the same time. Yeah, unnecessarily. Yeah. It's like, weird. how can we make it harder for the yeah. first-time dads out there? Right. Like, I'm pretty good with tools. But somebody that has no experience, like it would be difficult to put some of these cribs together nowadays. Yeah. And this is why you need to test and trial your, your teenage right. boys. Yes. So they can be ready and prepared to put together a crib in the future. So <laughs> also be like a... Hopefully when they become men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they become men. Yeah. This should be like a like a initiation before marriage. Like, all right, here's some like tests. Can you put together a crib? Can you mm-hmm. stripe our yard properly? Can yeah. you like, <laughs> do like some man stuff? Uh-huh. Yep. This section of grass is dying. What are you going to do with it? Right. Got it. Can you, can you fix a leaking sink? Yeah. Uh, we just had to, I had a whole, I had to replace the stupid faucet in our bathroom. And I'll tell you the most uncomfortable position I think you could ever be in mm-hmm. yeah. is hanging out underneath a cabinet. Because yeah, it's, it's raised up a oh, little God. bit. Oh, yeah, it worse. is the most uncomfortable <laughs> position. A little long, stupid <laughs> wrench. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. I think I would rather do, I would rather wire 27 houses than fix one sink. Yeah. Like, I do, I hate plumbing. God, right. Pain. always a leak always afraid it's going to be a leak yeah always a, like okay it's good for now yeah then, right then you come back the next day dang it yeah <laughs> like a little drip or like yeah. 20 years from wrong. now yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh. starts dripping so we we bought our house our house is really old uh and you can tell a lot of the minor drainage lines like for the sink and the uh washer were done by them the previous owners oh yeah and Every now and then, it hasn't happened in over a year, so hopefully I've found all the spots. But every now and then, the PVC pipes will separate, and nice. there'll just be water running under the house. Nice. And it, it's because they didn't use enough PVC glue when yeah. they were putting it together. They just put, like, a dot on there or something. Nice. And, like, that's not going to last. you got to do, do it right the first time. Yeah. That's the crappy part when you are when you don't have your own brand-new home built. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're buying you, – you know there, you're going to come into things where people just fix stuff. Some tomfoolery. Right. easy way or just did some stupid thing and you cut corners and you're like, yeah. oh, now i got to fix this. this. is a pain. Some mm-hmm. foolishness. Anyways, well – We are 30 minutes in just talking about us. Hey, Oozle. Everybody likes to hear about us. We're important. That's true. You matter, Chase. <laughs> you, you, Alex. Matters. Nobody's ever told me that. Well, there, you, all your problems are fixed now. It'll be eighty dollars. So we might get into some of that tonight with our topic too. Ooh, what you matter? It's all topic. about you. It's all you about you. It's all There's about nothing you. wrong with you. You're not broken. right. Well, let's let's get into to our topic tonight. So, in this episode, we are going to talk about deconstruction, and there's a big movement right now amongst. Christians or um, people who are former Christians who have deconstructed their faith or who have questioned their faith because of various reasons and then went on this process of deconstruction where they just kind of started rejecting certain aspects of Christianity or certain things they were taught growing up or or certain things and it they started pulling a thread and you know kind of pulling a thread on a sweater where it eventually unravel the yeah. whole thing and uh, I've, this has been a big thing amongst and famous people in, in the Christian community. Um, there's a lot of Christian, uh, especially music artists and people who've come out, who've deconstructed their faith. Um, a couple that I, that I think off off the top of my head, 
um, ye. Do you know the guy? Do y'all remember the book who? Josh Harris who wrote Kanye. I Kiss Dating Goodbye? Yeah. I never read it, but Yeah, I never read the book. But it was a big I'm gonna know none of the names. You're of probably gonna yeah. Sorry. And let's talk about Kanye West. Or <laughs> well, he deconstructed. You have to be a Christian pretty super hard. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't, have to be I don't a know Christian if that's deconstruction. I don't know if it was actually <laughs> nothing constructed in the first place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he got like three blocks from the foundation laid, and, and then, then took yes. a switch. <laughs> he was just throwing <laughs> blocks. Yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. throwing wood yeah, everywhere, hoping it would stand up. Yeah, um, but um, so he wrote the the guy I'm talking about wrote the book. I guess saying goodbye. He's complete completely deconstructed his faith he, he was a pastor too yeah before he was a pastor Yikes. he believes in god so to speak but basically has no concept of christianity left in his mm. world that's where a lot of these people um, get to yeah people that deconstruct you have a guy named Derek webb who wrote one of my favorite songs in the entire world that's very ironic right now it's called Wed- uh, it's called um wedding dress no is that what it's called Anyways, some of my favorite songs in the whole world. I can't I think of the name. So I love the song and I love the lyrics. I can't. Think well, of just the name sing a little bit of it. Uh, I am a whore. I do confess. I put you on just like a wedding <laughs> yeah, Lord. And I run down the aisle. Yeah, I don't think that'd be one I would put on repeat. I'm yeah, a prodigal yeah. with no way home. I put you on just like a ring of gold, and hmm. I run down the aisle. The whole concept of the song was about people who claim to be Christian but weren't really they were lukewarm and the whole song was about people who really weren't following jesus and then ironically he's now not following jesus is this like rob bell type stuff rob bell yeah. type stuff yeah rob bell would be one of the original guys wasn't he yeah he was probably the first og major apostate like famous not well, first apostate progressive first, christian yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's and a lot of the deconstruction say. takes so this is Really, deconstruction doesn't necessarily have to take you into progressive Christianity, like the whole progressive concept, but a lot of times it does. Right. And mm-hmm. it depends on the reason you're deconstructing. So that kind of leads us. So we're going to talk about deconstruction and talk about just some questions that we need to think about as Christians. Yeah. Um, so if you are watching this or listening to this, by the way, we are now on Spotify, Whoa, man. Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. You Come can find on, us under man. the Biblical Living Podcast. I'll link it down below. I do Heart Radio, you know. You Heart Radio? I Heart Radio. I Heart Radio, too. I thought that was just radio stations. They have podcasts. They've okay. delved into the realm of podcasts. I think everybody is right now. Uh, it's a big thing right Twitter now. Twitter will have podcasts before long. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so we want to start out with just some questions. So my first question is, deconstruction generally begins with just having doubts and questions, thoughts about your faith, yeah. uh, especially for people who grew up in the church, and then they get older and they encounter things that make them question. So the the real first question I have is, is, is it okay to have questions about your faith? Like, is that if you start questioning or having questions about your faith, are you immediately in sin and I need to shut this down? And is that a good thing if that's the case? And like, is it a sin? Is it okay to have questions? No, definitely a sin. Next question. Repent. Turn to the Lord Jesus. Sinner, Sinner Thomas. Instead of doubting Thomas, you ever heard of him? Sinner Thomas. Sinner Thomas. He was one of the uh, disciples, Matt. You heard of him? Disciple turned apostle. I think I've heard of that. Thomas. It's spelled T-H, but it's pronounced Thomas. I thought it was a train. Mm-mm. Thomas the train. No, before that. Think uh, like Just before that. Bible times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're coming, Jesus. So. Um, questions about your faith. If they're real questions, there's nothing wrong with it. 
than real questions as in I don't know the answer versus I've already made up my mind yeah. and I'm trying to work backwards from there or trying to build a case or trying to whatever. If I genuinely have a question that I don't know the answer to, God's true and he's going to be true regardless of what question is asked if you're really looking for the truth. If you're not looking for the truth and you've already decided and you're looking for a way out, if you're, you know, trying to not go to church as much, trying to not, trying to, you know, sleep with somebody you're not supposed to sleep with, whatever it is that you're trying to do, if you've already, that's your goal, you've already made up your mind, so you don't have a real question, you, you're just trying to build a case for something you want. So if your question's genuine, sure. Yeah, I think absolutely you can have questions about your faith. I have questions about my faith right now. I have questions uh, about your faith also. I, I question it quite often. Well, let me finish. <laughs> okay, well. There are, like, all of my questions are theological in nature. Though. Yeah. Like, so what What does the Bible say about the end times? Uh, what about Christian ethics? Where do we get those? How, what do we do here? What do we do there? Those types of questions. I don't really have questions about the validity of Christianity anymore. Um, if that's you, it's okay to have questions about the validity, but you shouldn't stay there. Like Alex is saying, you shouldn't use that as, as an excuse. It's not okay to stay there. It's not okay to be in a place where you're questioning whether this is true or not. You should be seeking the truth. Yeah, absolutely. I think the key is, so I've always said, and I think it's a, it's a true statement that truth is never afraid of scrutiny. Sure. So I don't think there's an issue with questions. I think you're exactly right. It's the heart of the issue. Am I, am I truly, I think there's a twofold issue. Am I truly questioning to seek answers? Mm-hmm. And am I truly putting in the work to find answers? Yeah. That's I think, a big part too. Yeah. I, I think it's a huge part. I think so often people have questions, but they don't put in the work to find answers. And because they end up not having answers simply because they didn't put in the work to find them. Right. They just abandoned the thing altogether. Very true. And so you have to have both Questioning is fine, but it has to be coupled with a right heart to truly want answers, to find truth, and the right actions to couple that question to find answers. It's not okay. For example, if if I start questioning, okay, if I question everything, is this whole thing real? Is God really real? Did Jesus really die on the cross? Did he really raise yeah, from the dead? He did. He did. Thank you for letting me know. Film my answer. Um, no, but I have a questions, video. Then- Put the work in and come to us and ask. Right. I got I to ask an authority for you, right? <laughs> Speaking of which, I do have a video on um, evidence for the resurrection. Ooh, down, down there's no evidence for that. It's just a fairy tale. Going to have to watch the video and find mm. out. Jesus even a real person? But <laughs> It's an allegory. <laughs> these type of questions. He's a good person. <laughs> good these, moral teacher. Good moral teacher. <laughs> uh, just a prophet. Um, these type of questions are actually good questions to ask, especially for someone who grew up in the church, but doesn't that they grew up knowing about Jesus, but they don't have, they've never really in depth looked at this stuff for themselves. Yeah. Um, it's a very good question to ask, but it has to be done in a heart where I truly want truth. Yeah. I'm, I really want to know the, the actual facts and I will, I'm not going to go to one side or the other to find the answer. I think your, your example, like let's say homosexuality, is that a sin? That's a question that a lot of people get hung up on. So the question is, am I truly looking to Scripture to find out what it says? Yeah. Or am I looking to Scripture to find a way to excuse it? Because I, I know gay people, yeah. and I think they're good people, and I like them. And 
So surely that, that can't be wrong. I can't. Right. So now I'm looking for an excuse to find why these verses don't mean what they say. Right. Because you've already made up your mind yeah. on the homosexual thing. Exactly. Right. So now you're just looking to find an excuse to, no. to justify it. And I think, I think it's very important to have a heart of saying, I'm not going to predetermine an answer. Yeah. I'm going to look for truth. Because truth is not afraid of scrutiny. But if you've already predetermined the answer, you're not going to find truth. Right. And I'm willing to adjust to scripture. Yes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If that's where the answer's found there, like it or not, I'm willing to adjust to it. Yeah. Or, you know, or if I go to God for it or if, you know, whatever. And even like moral stuff or sin stuff or, hey, should I make this decision or not? Or, hey, should I? You know, I mean, I, I feel like kind of the point that you alluded to a little bit, Chase, like there's always questions because that's the basis of a relationship. That's how we learn information is there's questions, not questioning the goodness, not questioning the the reality, but questioning the, hey, well, what about this situation? How do we navigate this, Lord? We're, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Those are yeah, totally If valid. God is truly infinite, there's always going to be something we don't know about him. Yeah. There's always going to be that question there. And to the motivation side of things, I definitely think you guys are right. We should be seeking to sure up our foundation, not necessarily seeking to take things out or destroy what's already there. Yeah. We should check the foundation first and make sure that all oh, that's good. Sure. That's why I don't really like the term deconstruction. I think you're already starting out wrong if you're using that. You're kind of... Well, you weren't elect anyways, so... <laughs> Got a video on Calvinism. Right. <laughs> if you say, like, I'm deconstructing, then you're you're already tearing apart instead of seeing if that should be there in the first place, I mm-hmm. think. So like, and I know people, people like that definition. Some people like it. Some people don't. I don't care for it. But I'm yeah. I'm a big definitions like uh, semantics guy anyway. Nerd yeah. alert! Yeah. Nerd alert! Jeez. Yeah, for real. Nerd. <laughs> no. What's the like? Don't tear down the fence before we find out why it was there. Kind right. of thing. Like it's there for a reason. It's there for yeah. a reason. And maybe the reason's not a legitimate one anymore. But let's at least find out. Yeah. You know, before we go ripping it up. Yeah, I think that's a. That's a good, good thought process. When you when you think of deconstruction or or uh, you know demo- demolishing or demolition, you you think of just I'm swinging a sledgehammer and just knocking stuff down. Yeah, and I think that's the wrong motivation. I think the motivation is, hey, I I'm not just swinging a sledgehammer. I'm looking, is this a load-bearing wall? Is this right, before yeah. I start swinging? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm examining before I just start doing stuff, and I think. A lot of times with deconstruction, it's, hey, I got all these questions. I'm just going to knock it all down and then try to rebuild into something I want it to be instead of saying, hey, I'm going to examine what's here. And then if I determine something's not right or accurate or true, then I get rid of it. I don't just start throwing stuff out and then start it fresh. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And when so much of our walk with God does truths build upon each other, we go Mm -hmm. from glory to glory. You know, and and it, I, you know, I listen to to all the guys of like, it's easy to go down. Just like you can go down like end times rabbit holes, you can go down like proving creation rabbit holes, like those kind of guys too. And like, like God bless them, and they're like called to do what they're called to do. And like, but Kent Hoven, brother, Kent Hoven's my freaking <laughs> man. He Dr. did Dino. did like disclaimer he went to federal prison for nine years for like not paying his taxes or something so don't do that but <laughs> other than that no. and all his like crazy calvinist stuff but other than that and, and that, all his cessationist stuff but other than that 
His stuff on creation is really good. <laughs> He's got one niche. You find you yeah. find his strength and yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you chew the you meat, see, spit out the bones. Chew the spit out the bones. But he's <laughs> but he and I think Ken Hammer are the same vein of like this stuff is required for the rest of it to be true as well. Or like that's their their kind of hill that they're dying on, and you can see that because Jesus quotes Genesis, and yeah. Jesus, so does that undermine the validity of Jesus? And you know what I mean? Like you exactly what you're saying. You start pulling on the thread, and like you know, it kind of all falls apart. It does, and and it. What I found when with scripture, and this is this is kind of goes into another question I have is so you question things. So we determine questioning as long as it's done with the right heart yeah. and it's truly seeking true answers. And you're not just coming in with a wrecking ball and knocking everything down yeah. without examining questions are okay. But what happens when you come across thing that you think is like, I need, I want to reject that aspect. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. is it okay to reject certain aspects of Christianity? Maybe things you were taught growing up about Christianity or, and, you know, is that the same as deconstruction to reject certain aspects of yeah. Christianity? Like, what, where, where's the line between I'm rejecting this because I truly don't think it's biblical versus I'm just deconstructing my entire faith? Like, where's yeah. that line? I'm going to say, yes, it's okay, and no, it's not the same. That's where I'm going to be at on it. I think if, if we're using this, well, the construction example for building a house, there's a lot of walls within certain denominations or within Christianity itself that aren't load-bearing and might have been put up without examining the blueprints if we're going to continue along with this construction yeah, example. So like, I grew up in Pentecostalism. There are, okay, pretty much everything about that's a distinctive of Pentecostalism I've pretty much abandoned mm-hmm. close to that. Yeah, um, Jesus and all pre- that. Pre-trib rapture, one of them. Uh, tongues is the initial evidence of baptism in the Holy Spirit. I've rejected that. There's all these things that it's okay to take out, and I'm still a Christian. It's okay to take out and have not. I'm not concerned whether Christianity is still valid or not. But there are people who maybe they grew up in like a fundamentalist bubble or something along those lines, and the denominational distinctives are the Bible. Yeah. And if you don't see that thing or you don't believe a certain thing, maybe you don't believe in Jesus anymore. Yeah. I think it can get to that in some situations. Well, then let me poke this bear then. Okay. Uh-oh. Let me throw out some things and let's talk about is this load-bearing or is this Uh-oh. debatable? Uh-oh. All right. Okay. I'll start softballs. Resurrection. Load-bearing. 100%. Load-bearing. That is the load-bearing wall, it the beam the, uh, across the house. Yeah, with yeah. The resurrection is the fundamental of our faith. He really lived. He really died. Yeah. He really resurrected. Absolutely. Um, creation. What do you mean by creation? Like the, God. I think God made everything. Made everything. Okay. I think God making everything. I think that is load-bearing, whether he did it in six literal days. Yeah. Um, you know, 6,000 years ago, I think that's not necessarily load-bearing. Yeah. Um, so the details of creation. Young Earth creation may versus, or may not be load-bearing. But creation, creation in general, God being the creator of all is load-bearing. Inerrancy of Scripture. It depends Whoa. On, no, it depends on what you mean. I think it's load-bearing. Yeah, I think it's... But you know, I think it... Deconstructed a little bit right there. I think it's load-bearing <laughs> as long as you correctly define inerrancy. 
Um, and what I mean by that is inerrancy. I don't think you have to believe that all translations are perfectly inerrant. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. inerrancy is the, the original, the original in the original yes. language, original yeah. manuscripts, God inspired, inspired by the Holy Spirit inspired by the Holy Spirit is inerrant. It, inerrancy. So it will not lead us astray. We Correct. can depend on it. We can trust it and in everything it addresses. Yeah. So you'd say, so would you guys say inspiration of scripture? Is I, I would a, say inspiration is. Memory. Yeah. I mean, I don't see a way around it. No, either. I'd say that's a little bearing. I'm because if you, if you if at any point you deny inspiration, now I can question everything in Scripture. Yeah, and yeah. make it say whatever. If it's it wants, not inspired, it's just, it's just any other sure. book. There's no point. Sure. Um, inerrancy. I lean pretty heavy into inerrancy because I'm a firm believer in it. Right. Um, I think you might not have to believe in inerrancy to be a Christian. I'm just not sure how much longer you're going to be a Christian. Sure. If we, if, if we start moving away from inerrancy. Well, cause um, then it's like, which how, Jesus, how would you follow? know? Yeah. 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 Which Jesus question. is it? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think of some others that are like, and uh, not leaving that, but like we believe God reveals himself to us in scripture. So yeah. without scripture, like where is God? Who is God? Yeah. And like now we're picking and choosing which parts are inerrant, which parts aren't inerrant. Yeah. It gets really confusing when we start going down those sure. roads. So well, like, and if you can make distinctions like that, why not? Why can't I draw the lines where I want to? Because I can yeah. find a case for yeah. any scripture I don't like to be there or be. And it's not even that. It's this, this the tricks the devil plays. Like it's not that, hey, this is not true. It's, hey, is this all the way true? Is that what God said? Right. Back to the garden. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, well, it didn't yeah. mean what right. it really, well, in context, like yeah. those kind of games. It, right. It's rarely like, this isn't true and it shouldn't be in scripture. It's, well, but when you take this word and you use it to, and there are times when that's totally appropriate. Right. And so right. that's why it gets like. Or that was just for that culture of that day yeah, yeah, yeah. at that particular church. Yeah. That gets used a <laughs> when lot. When I. Yeah. So when I think of the context of some of these things, I think of it in the context of three positions. The true Christian who's truly born again, seeking Jesus, the non-Christian, even a person who may think they're Christian, but truly is a non-Christian. They just, uh, they've rejected yeah. the fundamentals of the gospel. And then the person who is on their way out the door, if yeah. that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. It's someone, so... True. So there's issues like, for example, homosexuality being a sin, which is a big issue with deconstruction and progressive Christian movement. Mm -hmm. You're not saved whether just because you believe or don't believe homosexuality is sin. That's right. not that's not a part of the gospel. That's not how you get saved, right? Right. But if you don't believe, if you reject the clear teaching of Scripture right. on that topic, you starting to pull a thread. You're, yeah, you're on the way out the door. Like sure. I've not, I've very few come across very few people who argue that Christian or that homosexuality is not a sin, but have an abandoned other core. Yeah. Of I think the real issue there is you're call you're saying something that is sin isn't sin. And I think you're distorting the gospel when you do that. Yeah. I think if you're denying something that's, that's clearly sinful from Genesis to revelation, yeah. it's called sin. I think you, you're very close to denying the gospel and definitely perverting it. Sure. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's what I'm saying. I think you're on the, you're out the door. Like you're well, not. I feel like it's the same point. Like we talk about, I don't know, maybe this is kicking another hornet's nest, but like cessationism. Like I don't think people arrive at the conclusions you guys are talking about, or cessationism, or whatever, 
by reading scripture. Mm-hmm. You don't walk away from scripture going, hey, this actually doesn't mean that. You yeah. start with, hey, I don't want it to mean that. Hey, yeah. I don't want homosexuality to be a sin, so let me work backwards from there. Right. Yeah. Me, you know, not... Or either I don't want it to mean that, or I'm not experiencing So it's like in the case of cessationism, I'm not experiencing something. Right. So how do I justify my lack of experience of it mm-hmm. by scripture? Absolutely. You're going to justify your position from scripture rather than... Yeah building your position. On You're starting from experience and working backwards, yeah. which is exactly what charismatics are ex- accused of. Yeah, all I, the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Isn't that ironic? So with the questioning and with the things, I think there's also a difference between, like with homosexuality being a sin, for example, uh, and I only harp on that one because it's a big issue in our culture right now and it's a big issue with the progressive Christian movement. I think there's a difference, and then we, I think we got to be careful to make this distinction between someone who has decided that homosexuality is not a sin versus someone who is legitimately questioning why it's a sin yeah. or quite, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. like there's a difference, sure. I think, and this is, this is where it gets with the deconstruction issue. It gets a little iffy because there's a difference between someone who is just, I'm, I I've made up my mind on this versus someone who's truly questioning. And I think sometimes with Christians who are not, experiencing those type of questions we can sometimes throw the baby out with the bathwater and we say all oh, this deconstruction junk just sure. progressive christians just throw it all not realizing that there's probably collateral damage there that there are people sure. truly questioning that could be brought to the truth if we would be compassionate and have a compassionate heart towards absolutely them. so i think we got to be careful not to just say oh, i write them all off if you, you got questions you know right we have to be be careful on that so this kind of, we, we've talked about questioning. What happens when questioning moves beyond questioning to straight up doubt? Mm. That now I'm having doubt. You know, scripture talks about, there's a verse uh, in Hebrews that talks, uh, Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, without doubt, mm-hmm. for he is faithful that promise. Mm-hmm. What, what happens? Where does doubt cross the line? Where does questioning cross the line from? I'm questioning honestly yeah. to, to where doubt becomes a sin. Where's that line at? I feel like doubt is a conclusion. Mm. Okay. Oh, I doubt that. Yeah. I've arrived at a conclusion that right. I doubt that. Mm-hmm. So if if I'm not sure if I doubt that, let's see what scripture says about it. Okay. All right. Genuine question. Genuine. I haven't made up my mind, but mm-hmm. I have made up my mind that I'm doubting that. That's a conclusion. Yeah. So then answers aren't as valid anymore. Yeah, I completely agree. I think we can simplify this by saying, like, what what question are you asking? For so, are you doubting or are you still just questioning? And I think we can say, if you're just questioning, you're going to be asking something like, "How can this be?" Whereas if you're doubting, you're going to be asking something along the lines of, "This can't be." Yeah, that's a big difference there, and we see this in Scripture in Luke chapter one. Uh, Gabriel appears to Zechariah and tells him his wife is going to have John the Baptist. Yeah. And Zechariah responds to him, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. He wasn't actually asking. He was saying, I don't believe you. Yeah. How this isn't going to happen is pretty much what he was saying. <laughs> and we con- we contrast that with Mary, who in the same chapter and the same angel, Gabriel, asks, how will this be? She says that when she's going to learn that she when she learns she's pregnant with Jesus. Similar words, big different uh, heart motive, big different intention there. She believed, but she didn't understand how. Yeah, and 
Gabriel answers her and instructs her on that, informs her of how it's going to happen. Yeah. Because she wasn't doubting. She just was questioning. I think that's kind of a good way we can examine the difference there. Sure. It's good. Good distinction. Yeah, I think even in those scenarios, there's, and if you're someone who you felt like, you know, just listening to this or watching this, if you felt like that you have doubted or you've been in a position of doubt, the story of, you know, John the Baptist dad, Zechariah, that that's a very important story because even though he did step into doubt, he repented of it, he, he made it right, and God still used him to bring about John the Baptist. Yeah. And so I think, first of all, I, just right off of that story, I want to say if you're listening to this and you've you've doubted or you felt doubt, don't let that discourage you. Say, well, now pff, might as well just give up. And you right. know, I've, I've stepped into doubt now. I'm just it's over anyways. The key is to let go of the doubt and say, it's OK to say, I don't know. And I'm trying to find an answer. Mm-hmm. So if you're doubting, then say but you, you know, if you're doubting, but you haven't come to the point where you've walked away and said, it's not true or it's not, you, you know, that means that there's still a little bit of in you that you say you don't know. So stick to that. Let go of the doubt and say, I don't know. I still need to find an answer. I really want to find the truth. And if you can move into that heart, you're okay. I'm not saying you have to walk away from your doubt and have all the answers immediately, right? but you have to be willing to continue to look for answers and not just write it off yeah. because you doubt. And, and I think that's that's a big key. But God does still redeem that if you yeah. have doubt. Yeah, I think back to the, your question, though, is it sin? I think if it ever crosses into unbelief, it is sin. I think that's a sinful act. Uh, John 3 says, He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already. Hebrews 11 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. So... Mm. I think we we have to make that distinction of between like we've been doing questions and doubt doubt and unbelief like there are there are different stages there that we can look at yeah i think questions is a good place doubt is the slippery slope leading to unbelief sure yeah. and like you said doubt is a conclusion you've made you may not have stepped fully into unbelief but you've already made a conclusion that opens the door to unbelief right and i think that's the the difference. You want to get back on the safe side. Like if, if unbelief is over here and question, you know, belief is over here. Doubt is here leaning this direction. Yeah. You want to walk away from that and turn back and say, while I don't have all the answers, I'm still going to seek answers. I'm still going to question, but I'm going to continue to place my faith and trust over here. Yeah. Trusting yeah. that there are answers to these things. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to point out we're saying this. Don't go into unbelief. Don't go into doubt because we know that this stuff is true. Yeah. We're not just – we don't have just blind faith in this. That's good, we good believe point. it's true. We yeah. know it's true. Lots so of like, years of questions. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're telling you this because we believe it. Yeah. And there's plenty of evidence out there. I'm sure we'll get into some of that and a little bit, some resources you can go to. Don't just – we're not asking you to just take our word for it. We want you to be convinced of the truth, convinced of the validity of Christianity, not just because we say so or your pastor says so. You have to actually believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Valley Twoo. Should you get anything to add to that? Nope. Okay. I mean, I think I think I covered it. Awesome. So then that kind of leads into, okay, so we've talked about questioning. We've talked about 
questioning, moving into doubt and unbelief. And we've said questions are, are okay if done with the right heart. So how do we, if someone's truly questioning, if someone's truly on any topic, any of the things that, that about their faith that they're questioning, there's so many voices in our culture. Um, so you've got the voices of our culture right now, you, not, and not just the worldly culture, but even within the Christian culture, especially with progressive Christianity and these people who, and, and I'm going to throw this name out there because I've done a video on them in the past and, you know, I'll link it down below. But there's a progressive Christian pastor who doesn't accept any, I mean, absolutely rejects the authority of scripture, rejects the gospel, um, and his name's Brandon Robertson. What does he preach on? <laughs> I think he would say Being some any. of it is inspired, but he decides what's inspired. He gets to what's decide what's inspired and what's not. Yeah. But he talks about, like he uses, he, he's a very big proponent. He, he is gay, so he he's a big proponent of homosexual stuff. And he takes scripture and twists it. It's convenient. Isn't it convenient, though? <laughs> um, he'll take scriptures, and you know I've watched debates with him. He did a debate with um, some people that I really respect. And, of course, the, he lost the debate badly. But he, he, would, he would argue about how the verses in Leviticus and don't mm. mean what you, we claim they mean and twist them. And so listening to his voice, if you don't know scripture, if you don't know the stuff, and then you hear him talk, it's very easy for that voice to get in your head and yeah. deceive you. So my question is, if there's, how do I determine what is actually true with all these voices saying all kinds of different things? I think my response would have made early Christian me real mad. But uh -oh. start with trusting what's been around for a long time. Hmm. Start there. <laughs> that's, like, that's good. There's a reason it's been around for a long time. Is all of it? You know, 100% true. You should right. jump over both feet. Probably not. You know, there's mm -hmm. tradition mixed in there. There's all that kind of stuff. But, like, you know, same kind of thing we talked about. Like, see why yeah. the fence is there the fence example, before yeah. you tear it down. So, like, go with what's already orthodox. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and it don't let packaging mess you up with message mm -hmm. find someone whose packaging is okay as long as the message is the same yeah. if it's some um, you know whatever some person doesn't look like you're comfortable with or dress right. like you're comfortable you know or play the music comfortable whatever like find someone out there that is doing all that stuff too because mm -hmm. i needed that like you know we can we can kind of poo poo on that all day long of like oh we should just like you know, if you're too particular about your music or too particular about what I was. So, mm -hmm. And like, I needed that. Yeah. I needed a bridge to be able to jump from where I was to where, and, and God's super gracious in meeting us where we're at, taking us where, not oh, yeah. leaving us there, but taking yeah. us where mm -hmm. he is. And so just go with like what's been around for the longest time, start there and like ask with a real seeking heart, like, all right, let me mm -hmm. dive into this. Let me chew the meat and spit out the bones as I can interpret scripture for myself, mm -hmm. you know, start there. And, and what's the motivation behind the people teaching this? What's the motivation yeah. behind people teaching this and approach it with love and like they're not yeah. bad people. They must have traditions and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just kind of work it out from there. Yeah. And we want to check where they're getting their message from. Okay. You, you, you touched on that a little bit. They need to be getting the majority of the foundation for their message from scripture. KJV. 
<laughs> Maybe not KJV. Sixteen eleven, brother. Get ESB. in KJV. No, you heretic! Get out of here! You sixteen eleven authorized? Anything after sixteen twelve is not oh. of God. Okay. <laughs> we need to do an episode on that sometime. That would be pretty funny. Well, King James Bible. Yeah. Uh, but we can go there. The Bible. It's the supreme source for all truth for Christian belief and practice. Like that's where we go for all, everything about Christianity comes from the scriptures. Yeah, it's good. Scripture is the only thing that isn't uh, supersedable. Yeah, nothing like tradition, uh, logic, reason. All these things cannot supersede scripture. Right. It's the foundation. It's the the top notch where everything else comes from. Yeah, absolutely. Source of truth. Yeah. Yeah, I think building it on. First of all, what does scripture say? I think sometimes we. I'm, I'm going to give two caveats here. I think it's good to use commentaries and look at what other preachers are saying, other people who've, you know, scholars, and I think all that stuff is good. But first and foremost, it's what does Scripture say? Yeah. I think sometimes we we read Scripture and we think that there has to be some kind of deeper, hidden thing and everything, so I need to go and hear what everybody's saying. Sometimes yeah. it's just plain. What it says is what it says. Right. And like, I don't need 15 commentaries to understand what this verse says. Cause it just says what it means. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? And so I think first and foremost, the plain things in scripture are the plain things in scripture. So I, they say what they say and I, I need to trust what they say. Yeah. Um, from there, on things that are a little bit more nuanced or maybe I need a little more context or history behind it. All I'm saying is f check your sources when you, especially looking at things like history. I give you, we talked about Brandon Robertson. When you're someone. Some of the Duck Dynasty people? Nope. Not Robertson, Robertson. No, the Duck Dynasty people were Robertson too. They were Robertson. No. Phil Robertson, right? No, it's Dude. Robertson. Are you sure? take you to school yes. right now, Matt Moss. Let's I've just listen to like a hundred episodes of their. Why podcast. are we even debating it? Let's just look it up. Oh, well. Matt's got to look it up too, just to make sure you're not. Gonna yeah, you go it. ahead. We'll go with your sources. <laughs> no, yeah. I just want to make sure Brandon is Brandon Robertson. Yeah, Robertson. So maybe they are Robertson. Whatever. Distant cousins. Uh, Probably wouldn't claim like. him. Is it like the Osborne <laughs> where they have like? like, the... like yeah, oh yeah, that's him. That's definitely <laughs> Duck Dynasty. Is it like the uh, out there in the boat with Phil? It's the Osbournes where they have like a random kid they don't talk about that's not on the show. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's him. He's deconstructed so they don't hang out with him. Um, what was your point? <laughs> uh, you were talking about oh. tradition. So Brandon Robertson would argue, like when he talked about Leviticus and those verses, he grabs stuff from the historic, what he claims is historical context. Extra biblical. But when you start following that thread of what he's saying, you realize it doesn't go back very far, like the arguments he's making. And he's got some extra biblical sources that end up not actually panning out. And there's actually other traditions that are yeah. much further and older. So it's very, you got to be very careful with your source and don't just accept someone and what they say because they claim to be a pastor. And for him, he has an inherent bias of wanting to make homosexuality okay right. because he's gay. Right. You know what I'm saying? For when, when you have all of church history saying it's a sin. Right. And then you have someone who is gay saying it's not a sin. Yeah. 
2,000 years of people right. were wrong. Exactly. I'm right. Consider the source. Yeah. Yeah. It's everybody honest. wants to say, like everybody has said the scholars hold this and scholars hold that. Well, there's like thousands of biblical scholars out there. Yeah. And they all disagree on something. Yeah. So when, when somebody uses that claim, a scholar says this or a scholar says that, it's not that hard to Google what they're saying right. and see exactly what that scholar's talking about. And if they're even making sense, sure. because there's a lot of articles I've read personally that the scholars are just full of crap. Yeah. Like they might have a degree behind their name, but they don't take the Bible seriously or they're just making astronomical way out right field claims. Right. Yeah. So just check the sources. Don't yeah. just trust that because somebody uses the word scholar. I was going to say, I've got a degree. Am I a scholar? I can just say we're like a ridiculous <laughs> say you're a like, scholar. Well, scholars say. Yeah. That. I was talking to a scholar the other day, and they said, uh-huh. uh, "Right." Yeah. So, uh, kind of piggybacking off of that, I'm gonna bring John Wesley back in here. You just want to talk about your son? No, John Wesley. Oh, Wesley, yeah, <laughs> my son's namesake. Wesley, <laughs> yeah. uh, son's image bearer. John Wesley. It's named after him. Wesley's quadrilateral. He didn't actually come up with it. It's believed his brother did, but it's a uh, scripture, tradition, logic, and experience. So those four things make a quadrilateral. Scripture is supreme. Wesley would say that. There's nothing that can supersede it. Tradition, logic, experience kind of develop our somewhat of our interpretations of Scripture. They can help us glean things from it, and they help us live the Christian life in general. Yeah. So all of those things, Scripture, tradition, logic, experience, all those things are useful as we're determining truth. That's good. So I think logic and and the things you mentioned i think they're very very important but like you said scripture is supreme Mm -hmm. so it's logic tradition all of those things connected to scripture so some people try to use logic a void of scripture right right? so they'll they'll try to make logical reasoning in their mind and they'll logic themselves right out of believing scripture because they didn't hold to scripture to begin with and if you do that then I can logic myself into anything, right? So yeah. I can I can come up with a valid logical argument for any position I want to hold for the most part. It uh, doesn't mean that the position I want to hold is actually true, right. but I could find some way to logically reconcile it. So sure. you have to start with scripture first before. And that, that comes, you know, we talk about how do we, we got so many voices. I can judge the voices and the logic they are using and the traditions they are using on scripture. So if I start at the starting point of scripture, now when I hear other people making logical arguments or, or other people talking about certain traditions or other people, I can go to scripture and say, okay, does this conflict with what I see in scripture? Mm -hmm. And that, that helps me narrow out which voices are actually correct or biblical. I think it's helpful to think, like we can appeal to our senses. We can appeal to our logic because the Bible tells us we can. Yeah. We can appeal to our senses because the Bible says we can. So like Romans 1, everybody's without excuse because God gave evidence of his existence from the foundations of the world. Yeah. So we can trust our senses to determine truth. Sure. Come now, let us reason. Mm-hmm. You know, God's not afraid yeah. to reason, correct reasoning, though. Yeah. With him, come now, let us reason. Mm-hmm. So with all of this, with the idea of... Okay, so there's different voices. We have progressive Christianity. One of the arguments I've heard that people have heard made, which I hear in the political realm, and it's kind of trying to cross its line, the line into the 
religious realm or the Christian realm is shouldn't religion progress as culture progresses. So the idea of, you know, and without getting into politics, the idea of progressive politics versus conservative politics, the idea is that conservatives are trying to conserve and, and, and follow tradition and, and be, you know, realize, hey, this is the foundation. Let's not leave the foundation. Right. Whereas progressives say, well, things should progress. Things should continue to move forward. And in reality, we all agree with progression to an extent. Sure. But there's this aspect of some things as a conservative, you would say those things are, you know, these things are sacred. These things are true. We don't right. progress past this truth. Right. Um, well, that happens in Christianity as well. There's conservative Christianity, which is orthodox, stays with. And then there's progressive Christianity, which is a version of Christianity, which in my per is a better word in my mind would be perversion of Christianity. Um, taking a hard stance. Taking a hard Sir, stance. Tell us how you really feel. Hot take. It's a perversion. But I agree. They say that it should progress. Yeah. So what do you say to someone who says, shouldn't religion progress as culture progresses? Yeah. What, what What's the response to that? No. No. I say no. Done. Yep. That's we done we have established. Saint or ain't. No. Progressive Christianity. Well, if truth doesn't change. Hmm. So, like, were you going to progress past the truth? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, I understand, like, opinions about the truth may change. And, like, okay. Like, but if it's, like, foundational truths, like, that's it. The mm -hmm. truth's truth. If we don't progress past the sky, it's not going to be blue because we progress past right. that. You know, gravity's not going to because we progress past that. So, it's, like, I understand, like, a lot of people don't agree with the presupposition that it's true. And so, like, okay, if that's off the table, then, like, sure, why not? But mm -hmm. if you're holding to this is true, then it's going to be true yesterday. It's going to be true tomorrow. And so, like, how that gets interpreted through culture, how that gets right. communicated, how that, like, all that stuff. Absolutely, let's progress all day long. Not the actual truth of it, though. Right. If, I didn't mean to cut you off. It? If this isn't true, if Christianity isn't true, then there is no truth. And how do you know? Mr. Progressive Christian, progressive. It's <laughs> all passive aggressive. There. <laughs> how, do, how do you know? Oh, Mr. if Christianity Robinson isn't true, or whoever that is, Brandon. Yeah, Mr. Whatever your name is. Mr. If Christianity is not true, you have no basis on whether you're progressing or regressing. True. So you've got no foundation, no source of truth. Right. You've got no idea. If if Christianity is not true, you can't guarantee me. You're sitting down listening to this podcast right now. True. This could we could be in the matrix. We could Simulation. be in some other person's dream right now. You don't know. You can't guarantee it. Neuralink. Right. So, uh, no. I, to answer this, I would say no. Culture uh, should progress towards religion. Religion and culture don't necessarily need to progress. Culture only needs to progress when it doesn't line up with Christianity. Yeah. So we've got examples of that in the past. Slavery. Slavery right. was anti-Christianity, and it was Christian abolitionists that pushed the culture to line up with the Bible. Yeah. It was Christian abolitionist uh, William Wilberforce, John Wesley again, <laughs> throwing it in. <laughs> There's a fun drinking game every time Chase misses John Wesley, you yeah. drink. Uh-huh. But it was those guys or, I mean, apple juice, not apple alcohol juice, beverages, right. though. They didn't have wine in the Bible. It's ab Christian abolitionists that paved the way. And it's 
it's progressive culture that distorts our culture. Yeah. It's progressive culture that brings in terrible things like abortion and child mutilation called, I don't know if we're allowed to say it on YouTube, gender affirming care and all of that stuff. Like it's, you can bleep that if you need to, but like it's progressive culture that brings in these distortions of truth, these evils. Well, it's like the sort of progressivism that's like, like I'm all for progressing as long as it's the right direction. Yeah. And like progression to me looks like you build the foundation then you put the walls and then you put the roof and then you put the flashing and then you put like, that's, that's a lot of progress. Mm -hmm. You don't move like, the foundation. Yeah. Tear up, yeah. build, tear up, put right. down, tear up, put down. Like you're not actually uh, progressing going anywhere. Yeah. You're yeah, a yeah. mile wide and an inch deep. Like, it's progressive culture that knocks down the load bearing walls yeah. and brings in all these evils yeah. and it's Christians that are going to make things right again. Uh, abortion is on its last legs in this country. In the future, Praise abortion is going to go away no. because of Christians. Absolutely. I've had a, um, I've had several conversations with um, pro-abortion people, and one thing that I say, not amateur, huh? Not amateurs. They're pros. They're pros. <laughs> Pro abortion. Abortion. Uh, I think it's, I actually saw a, a, a tweet the other day of someone who said they had a some abortion shirt on and their Twitter uh, profile said that abortion was their entire identity. All right. Wow. On. That's just sad. Dude. <laughs> um, yeah. But I've had, I've had conversations and one thing I continually tell them, I said like almost every argument they make comes down to the same thing. Slave owners did argued, mm -hmm. you know, that, that it boils down to dehumanizing a certain group of people, yeah. a certain group of humans True. to justify, to do whatever you want with them, convenience. you know, convenience and, and ultimately property. It's in my body. So it's my property and my, I could do what I want. Yeah. And it's the same argument slave owners made, but I, I continually point out you're on the wrong side of history. Like right. at one point, at some point in the future, yeah, we're going to look back and, and you're on the wrong side of history on this one. Your grandchildren are going to be very angry. They might despise you for the positions you're taking now. Yeah. Boom. Like even so as like, you guys are know how like not political, not like anything, like that, but just purely from a, me being a dumb idiot looking at this thing. That's wild that that happens. Like yeah. I know there's like a lot of real smart people that have a lot of real smart words around it. But that's a mm -hmm. like just as a person that's like, hey, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like if somebody was like in an interview describing like what abortion is, I'm like, that's crazy. Like yeah. it's on the same channel as <laughs> like, like yeah. how you described a serial killer cutting up the body. <laughs> like, right. you know what I mean? I'm not like, you know, I realize yeah. what I'm saying can be interpreted as like super controversial, but just as like a dumb person that doesn't know much about this. Like that's freaking wild that that right. like happens and is allowed to happen. And then people are like stoked. It happens. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It's it. And that's the thing though, looking back on it in the future, that's yeah. what it's going to be like, people are like, people did that. Like, yeah. like how we look back at cultures, like, you know, even in ancient biblical cultures where they would throw their babies in fire and sacrifice. Right. Like we look about and think, like, how horrible, wild. like yeah. that's wild. What's well, it's, it's going to be the same thing. And, and because true progression, and that's the key to this whole thing, progress is progressing towards what we were designed and created for. Right. That's true progression. Yeah. And so progression, we weren't designed to slaughter innocent humans that were made in the image of God, right? We weren't designed mm -hmm. for that. So progressing is moving beyond those things that are contrary to what we are created for. Yeah. And so true progress is good. Yeah. Uh, and so in that sense, 
culture should progress, but it's not religion or, and I say religion, let me be specific. It's not Christianity that is progressing because Christianity is already built mm-hmm. on what we were designed for. Yeah, real it's Christianity. Real Christianity, yeah. true Christianity, not yeah. not what people interpret to be Christianity. Right. But true Christianity, what the Bible says, is already what we were designed for. Yeah. So it doesn't need to progress towards that. We need to progress to live up to that standard, like yeah. you said. Which I think that goes into, you know, kind of the next question, like how do we tease out you know if if something that's a christian is something a christian belief and i don't like it but i still want to love jesus Mm. because somewhere a distinction has been made between those things Mm -hmm. and so it's like what's the motivation behind that where you know how do we tease out like all right this christian teaching taught me this is it okay to reject this thing and still follow Jesus? And then to me, that asks a bigger question. Why do we have Christian teachings that would disagree with anything mm. Jesus says? Like, how do we make that call? So I think there's, and that, that's a great question. I think there's a few pieces of nuance to this. Yeah. First, there are some things that are labeled Christian teachings that aren't actually Christian. Yeah. Right. So there's things. Um, and and if you're I might offend some people, but oh, well, I'm sure we've already done that several times. <laughs> several times. This, well, this one podcast if, alone, if, if you're a Catholic, uh, there are a lot of Catholic whoa. traditions mm-hmm. that you can't make a biblical argument for. Right. Right. It's so Maccabees, dude. Huh? Some second Maccabees. Yeah, so it's not sometimes, biblical. <laughs> sometimes you have to change the Ten Commandments in oh. order to make some of those traditions. Do they change the Ten Commandments? Oh, idolatry. Yeah. They, yeah, they cut out yeah. commandment Carved number two, images. have no other graven image. They split the last one into two. Do not cover your neighbor's, yeah. neighbor's wife. Do not cover your neighbor's goods. They split it into two to make the ninth and Ten Commandment because they take out graven images because they have graven images. But Excellent. Setting that aside for a moment, I just there's a lot of things, and I, I'm just using them as an example because it, it just popped in my head of there's a lot of things that are things they do that doesn't necessarily isn't Christian, so to speak. Um, so rejecting teachings like that, rejecting that extra biblical stuff, rejecting stuff that isn't core, that's fine, right? Because those things aren't actually Christian. They, right. they don't necessarily align with with Jesus. Yeah. As long as we know why they're there. Yeah. Before we reject them. Yeah. Before yeah. You, you How know, did this get here? How did this get here? Why is it here? And then if it's not biblical and it's not based yeah. on scripture and it's not actually based on Jesus yeah. and, and it's, it's not true, the there's no truth. Yeah. Yeah. Rejecting those things is fine. The other aspect of that is there's people who don't want to believe something because they don't like it that yeah. is truly biblical and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, for, for example, um, like sex before marriage. Right. Like biblically speaking – Sex before marriage is another thing Brandon Robertson teaches that is not a sin according to the Bible. Excellent. Wow. But anyways. Should have got into this guy before I got saved. <laughs> but um, you would have never gotten saved. You would have never gotten yeah, saved. That's probably true. Yeah. Um, but he. I ain't so, going gay, though. I know that. I ain't <laughs> going gay. I ain't going gay, brother. All right. So there are. But like. So sex before marriage is one of those things where. Some people, because they want to have sex before marriage, they want to reject that biblical mm-hmm. teaching because they 
it doesn't fit with what they actually want to do with their, you know, in their current life. Yeah. So they make excuses for it. Either they'll, they'll excuse say it's not a sin. Yeah. Or they'll say, okay, it is a sin, but I'm excused because we're getting married anyways, mm-hmm. because of, we already have a kid together because whatever. Right. Like they'll make excuses. You can't reject aspects of Christianity that are true biblical aspects of Christianity just because you and still follow Jesus just because you yeah. want to. Like you can reject it, but if you reject that, you're rejecting Jesus because you're telling Jesus he's a liar. Yeah. You're telling Jesus right. it's one thing to question. It's a different thing altogether to completely reject it. It's one thing sure. why why is sex before marriage a sin? It's you know, is is the, does the word fornication really mean that? Well, let's study that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's questioning. But when I am flat out saying no, that's not a sin. Now I've rejected. I've just mm-hmm. completely flat out said no. I'm rejecting that. I'm rejecting what Jesus taught. Yeah. yeah. Now we're, we've crossed the line into you can't follow Jesus. Following Jesus means I follow Jesus. Right. Sure. It doesn't mean I follow the parts I like about Him, and so. I think there, there's that line. So you can reject unbiblical teachings that you may have been taught growing up, but you can't reject true teachings of the Bible and still just keep following Jesus because that's not sure. following Jesus. Yeah, that makes sense. John fourteen five says, it's actually Jesus talking. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big one there. So you can't love Jesus and not be a Christian. Right. That's what that comes down to. We have to do what he tells us to do because we love him. Yeah. We, we get to do what he asks us to do because we love him. Yeah. And you can, you can do whatever you want. Like you can say, yeah, I love Jesus. I believe in Jesus, but I don't do what he says. You can say that, yeah. but you're being really inconsistent. Yeah. You don't actually believe it. Wh- which Jesus, going back to that, which Jesus do you believe in? If you don't, if you don't follow what he says, but you love him and you believe him. Which one? The Mormon Jesus, the Muslim Jesus, the Jehovah's Witness Jesus. My which one? Version of yeah, Jesus. your own yeah. version. The hippie progressive. And Jesus. There's only there's only one version that can save you. Mostly love. There's only one version. Mostly peaceful. Of Jesus. <laughs> there's only one version of Jesus <laughs> that will give you eternal life. Yeah, only one, and that's the, the one true Jesus from the Bible. Not yeah. the socialist Jesus. No, no mine. Well, somebody said. I want to get y'all's take on this. Oh. Okay. Somebody said you can boil all of current progressive Christianity down to people wanting to have sex with people that they can't have sex with. I would say it's a big part of it. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say it can all boil down to that because I know some people. I'm thinking because you want to have sex with somebody you're not married to. You want to have sex with somebody that's your same gender. You know somebody that wants to have sex with somebody that's the same gender or somebody they know you, you know, whatever. So like that's the thread everyone starts pulling. I think it's the thread everyone starts pulling. I think the, the same thing. Once that goes, I think abortion plays goes. into that too. Is yeah. a big political issue sex with people and, and without consequence. Um, what are the statistics on married people having abortions? Probably a lot lower than non-married people having abortions. Yeah. Want to have sex with people you don't want to, shouldn't have sex with? Yeah, that's a good point. And I, th- I would say that that definitely, that's pretty. Abortion shouldn't be a problem at all because people should get married before they right. have sex. Yeah. Quit doinking who you're supposed to doink. And that comes down to this. Doink. <laughs> Quit doinking. Your heart is going to lead you to hell. Don't follow your heart. 
Your emotional desires are Spe- bad for you. Speaking of that, you're going to burn in hell. <laughs> I think that's actually a really good point, though. And that's. Yeah, it's even, true. Even with a lot, <laughs> even a lot oh, OK. Of, <laughs> I mean, yeah. But. It's, it's just a way, no, but I think it's a, a big issue right now with the whole transgender thing. Yeah. It's you're following what you feel on the inside, your heart, rather than following truth and reality. And so you're allowing your heart, your heart's deceitful above all things. Scripture says, right? So, yeah. so you're following your your mind and your heart and your you know that those emotions and what you feel on the inside, and it's leading you astray. And that's how it all all boils down to. Yeah. Um, and that kind of leads us to speaking of having sex. You know, wanting to have sex with someone you're not allowed to have sex with. There's also the aspect of and it ties into that as well. What if your political beliefs and your Christian beliefs conflict? Because I will say it right now. You don't have to be a Republican to be a Christian. But what happens but when— But you can't be a Democrat. I <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> have zero dog in any of this fight, so like, but I'm on for the ride on this one. Yeah. I'm a monarchist. It wouldn't be too bad, really, if you had a good king. Well, Jesus, king, is, but king Jesus, Jesus is a king. So we live in a monarchy, whether people know it or not. Yeah. Heaven's a monarchy. Yeah. So what if? So what if my political and Christian beliefs conflict? And how do I know what's right? What What do I like? How do I conform? How do I make my beliefs fit together when they conflict like that? Change your political one. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Follow Jesus. I think this is a big issue I see in our culture is that people are more like even Christians, specifically people who claim to be Christians have linked their politics into their Christianity. Yeah. And and this happens on both sides. It's not one side or the other. This happens um, on the conservative and liberal side. You've got um, the liberals who do it and you've got the conservative side where like almost you, they've linked their religion and their faith and their everything to my political position. Right. And, you know, that's why people made Donald Trump into being a mm-hmm. savior when he's not, I'm he's just a man. Yeah. And that is, that's an issue because they've linked political beliefs with their faith. Yeah. And at the end of the day, our political beliefs are not our faith. And my political beliefs have to conform to my faith. If Christianity is true and we're saying we are Christian, then yeah. what we are saying is that the ruler of this world is Jesus. And if we are saying the ruler of this world is Jesus, then we have to submit to his rule. And that means in every area of my life, that's how I do my business. That's how I do this YouTube channel. It's how I do uh, being a father. It's how I do being a husband. It's how I do um, being a customer at a store. And it's how I do politics. Everything has to center around King Jesus. So at the end of the day, I cannot violate my faith for my religious beliefs. And that may mean political beliefs, po- political. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah did I say it backwards. Top. Y'all know I'm smelling what you're stepping back in. up, reverse, rewind. You know what I meant? Um, but I, so my political beliefs. So let's say I have some political beliefs that maybe fall under both camps. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe I like certain economic policies of one side and certain things. So maybe that's my thought process. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I submit every, I can't vote and, and I'm not going to get into political things, but we, we talked about abortion. 
I can't vote to slaughter innocent human children. Right. At all. You know what I'm saying? Because you prefer somebody else's economic. Yeah, I can't say because that would be making money, my God. At the end of the day, I submit. Prioritize that. Yes. You prioritize the morality of scripture and what God says over everything else. I think some of it comes back to identity too, because I can say all day long, I'm a Christian, but do my actions show that? So like, am I a Christian more than I'm an American? Mm -hmm. Am I a Christian more than I support the second amendment? Am Mm -hmm. I a Christian more than I support, you know, whatever it is, women's right to choose, or am I a Christian more than I support? You know, it's like, you can say all day long, like, oh, yeah, Jesus is number one. He's the king of my life and, like, blah, blah, blah. But do your actions, your Facebook posts, your conversations, your, yeah. you know, whatever, support that? And if not, then your identity, it may not be what you say your identity is. And that should fix. So if it's like if I start with Jesus and form everything else around that, exactly what you're saying, then stuff may look a little different. I may still hold to those things because of opinions that I have that aren't necessarily incongruent or congruent with christianity mm-hmm. but you know if i'm starting with jesus i'm going to end with lovingly forming these opinions around mm-hmm. yeah you know i think if you are aware that your political beliefs don't line up with your religious beliefs i, I can't think of much more that's more arrogant than that exactly. much more that you think you know more than god like that's that blows my mind how yeah. could how could you live that way right <laughs> God has a reason for everything he does. Yeah. He has a reason for everything he says. If you if you line up your life apart from what he says, knowing that you are doing that, you either think he's a liar or you're just arrogant to think that you know better. Like That's the only two options. Mic drop. You think you know more than God. Stop being arrogant and serve God where you're at. Okay, serve God where you're at. Probably a good idea. Come on, man. Serve him where you're at. Come on, man. So to wrap um, to wrap all this up, then what? So if if someone's listening to this who is questioning, they, they're questioning their Christian beliefs. They're they 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 would maybe say that they've you know I know we've kind of talked about the term deconstruction, but but maybe they went into that phase of where they would think that they were going through deconstruction. They don't know what to think. They don't know what's true. They don't know what to believe. What advice would you give someone? who is maybe listening or watching this right now, who's actually questioning and having those, like what, what advice could you give them? The more Instagram followers they have, the more close to Jesus they are. You heard so it here. Follow them. I got to get an Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, kind of previous advice, like start with what's been tried and true for the longest and then work out from there. Yeah. So like what's, do a lot of time figuring out why the fences are built before you start ripping them up. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people jump to conclusions too. Like they might be in the questioning phase or the doubting phase, and then they're just like, "Oh well, that's it. I'm not a Christian anymore. Yeah, I've got questions or un- these unresolved issues. I have, I have. I would say organize those things. Don't let them just be a cluster in your mind of questions you have about faith. Organize them one by one and then research those things. Mm-hmm. Don't just say, here's a handful of things. They scare me, so I'm not a Christian anymore. Let's deliberately go through them. And I believe you'll come out on the other end more validated in your faith because that's what we've all done here. Yeah. None of us just grasp blindly onto Christianity because we've got no reason to believe yeah. it. 
Like, yep, guy lived in the belly of fish. Absolutely. All animals fit on this little boat. Right. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yep, sure. Hook, line, and we, I'm in. We've been through these questions, right? Yeah. And and there and there are answers, and I think that comes back to the concept, truth is not afraid of scrutiny. Just keep the right heart in your seeking and in your questioning, mm-hmm. and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I think my biggest piece of advice that I would say is don't allow other people who are questioning define you. Mm, that's good. What happens a lot of times is people who are questioning find other people who are questioning. Yeah. And then they build off each other's questions big and nobody party, has man. answers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop letting, if you are questioning, the last people you should be going to is other people questioning. Yeah. yeah. You should be going to people who have questioned in the past and found answers and start seeking, looking at answers. That's good. So don't, don't get in. And we do this all the time with all kinds of things, right? So someone who's depressed, we find other people who are depressed because we want to have our own pity party or someone who's angry. We find other people who mm-hmm. are angry. Someone who, you know, we, we find people who are like, and that's actually the worst thing for us. Yeah. If you're questioning, stay away from other people who are questioning. If you're yeah. questioning and you're going through deconstruction, don't be listening to a bunch of deconstruction people. Be listening to a bunch of people who are secure in their faith and figuring mm-hmm. out why they're secure in their faith. That's how you find yeah. answers. You don't find answers by running to other people who are going to tell you what you want yeah. to hear. It's interesting you said that. I've listened to three people that deconstructed on YouTube this week, and they all had pretty much the same story. And I just think that's interesting. interesting. Like, And it was, you know, I, I was a Christian all my life, in this fundamentalist Christian group, and then I had kids. And I looked at my kid, and I said, he can't be evil. There's no sin in him. He, uh, this whole Christian thing has got to be. There's something wrong with it. Yeah, and then it's just kids. a snowball <laughs> down. Like how your kid never lied. Right. He, he never hid his sibling. None yeah. of that. Like, never disobeyed. Never yeah. just did the exact right. opposite. Yeah. Then. And you didn't teach them to sin. Yeah. They it, just did. did. <laughs> My kid did all those things today. <laughs> right. And the thing is, and I think that's. That happens a lot. I think yeah. a lot of people who are deconstructing talk to other people who are deconstructing, and mm-hmm. it puts more questions in their head that they didn't actually have to What's begin it with. What's it called? An echo chamber? Yeah, an echo chamber. Yeah. Again, an echo chamber. So my biggest piece of advice, if you're dealing with questions or you're struck, get out of an echo chamber. Don't go find like-minded people. Find people who have answers. Yeah, the people, That's, the they li- one of them listed like four things, and they were like the most simple-to-answer problems with Christianity. Yeah. Like, it, it would take 30 minutes of research to answer those questions. Yeah. But people don't do it because they don't want to. Yep. And that's the key. Unfortunately. Uh, I want to add in one more piece of advice. Go actually, two more. No. Number one, <laughs> number one, pray. Seek that's the Holy good, Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's the one that what brings. <laughs> what are you talking about? The Holy Spirit's the one that draws us to faith in the first place. It's not our own desire, our own work, or our own, own, own effort or logic. The Holy Spirit draws us. Pray. Pray that God will reveal the truth to you, and he will. Um, and second step, I would say, is read a lot of books. That's what I do. And I've got a bunch on here. Maybe we can put them in the description or something. Yeah. Or I can name a few of them. What's a few of them? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, number one, I just finished this one a few weeks ago, On Guard by William oh, Lane Craig. Such a good book. Oh, yeah. Great book. I would such start there book. probably. WLC. Um, I would either start there, William Lane Craig. Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, uh, The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Uh, Evidence Demands a Verdict by Josh and Sean McDowell. Mm. All those, read those. Those are great. Those are great. And I would, I would suggest like when you go, when it comes with stuff like that, where we're talking about, like you have questions that 
deal with those other things. Go to the people like that that are respected in their field. Like William Lane Craig is extremely yeah. respected, even among yeah. atheists. Watch some of his debates, and like, there's no reason you should be an atheist at all no. if you watch his debates. He demolishes everybody he debates in a winsome nice way yeah, like everybody very, everybody loves him everybody loves him, everybody loves him while yeah. he's crushing their hopes Puts and in the figure four leg lock that they have no foundations for in the first place yeah. but yeah that's the kind of thing <laughs> that's what i mean get out of your echo chamber go to people who've done this who've, yeah. who've found answers to these and have answers and you can wait i'm not saying believe them blindly like take right. their answers and weigh those answers and research them yeah but don't go to people who don't have answers who are in your same boat because yeah. you're never going to find answers that way. holds up a lot more than the other person's argument where they're mm. just like because it feels right yeah. exactly right. if anybody ever tells you because i feel like it or it feels right reject it right away like you should have a better answer than it feels right even if it's true like yeah like you shouldn't believe something just because it feels right yeah even if what you're believing is true you should have good reasons and if you've believed something because it feels right you need to go do more research on it yeah, yeah. what is right anyway like if, right. if you're not a Christian, there is no right. Yeah. Like you, you're, you're having chemical reactions in your brain if God isn't real. Yeah. You can't trust those chemical reactions. Like chemical whether, reactions. And you yeah. need to understand that's what you're giving up if you become an atheist. Um, even an, an agnostic, too. You're giving up the ability to tell somebody that this is good and this is evil. You're giving up all power you have to tell somebody, don't do that. You've got no reason for that. Even if you're an agnostic if, even if God is real, if he didn't give us his word or communicate to us, there's no way we can know what's right and wrong. If God, Even if God made everything, if he didn't set, talk to us, we'd have no foundation for truth. True. So we need Christianity is what we need. It's the, only, why, the only valid source. That's why you should not just throw it away yeah. so willy-nilly. Because you have nothing without it. Willy-nilly. Oh, willy-nilly. Yeah, willy so with that said, I hope if you're questioning or you're in that position, I hope that some of that advice helped you. Um, I'll put down in the description the references he mentioned, um, and we will move forward to our— Yeah, reach out to us if you got yeah. questions. Comment we down seriously below. love you. We'd love to talk to you. You can actually uh, email me, thewordroomdigdeeper at gmail.com. Whoa! Room deeper, like, <laughs> room dig deeper. If you have like genuine questions and want to know more about your faith— you can email me if you want to like <laughs> debate and like get into a screaming match. One of them is probably yeah. better. Yeah, I'd do it. Comment down below. I ain't scared. And me and Matt kind of have different styles as far as that goes too. I'm more of like a presuppositional guy. Matt's more like an evidential guy. So we're gonna get you either way. We got you from both sides. <laughs> that being said, it's time for our saint, saint, or ain't. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, Saint or Ain't is the fun game we play every week where we decide is a certain topic for the saints of God or the ain'ts. Or does this make you an ain't? Is this an ain't? Is this an ainter? Tonight, I think we've got a good one. Oh, oh yeah. boy. Pretty, we have not heard this. Pretty I'm nervous. You've not heard this, and I decided it before our thing, and we just happened to step all over it. Okay. Cohabitation. Oh. Living together before you are married. Quick little story about my personal life. Mm -hmm. I once lived with a young lady before I was married to her. Surely not. I 
believed myself to be a Christian, mm-hmm. and I convinced, I didn't convince, but my thinking of how, the, the story I was telling people was that, well, we're going to live together, but we're not going to, you know. Yeah. Bull. T- not going to doink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doink. And that's exactly what we did. So I think it's totally valid for uh, <laughs> people of the Lord to live together. We 100% never want my parents listen to this. We never once <laughs> even shared the same room together. Was this young lady a Christian? <laughs> this young lady was not a Christian. So this, you were just rubbing off your Christianity on her. I was. It was called, yeah. Is that what ev- ev- yeah, it was sleeper cell evangelism. Okay, gotcha. I was, Double agent. I was infiltrating before I deployed my... my I feel like there's way too many euphemisms in this. Yeah. So it was a, I'm going to go... Quick deployment. I'm going to go right out on a quick limb here and say ain't. Yeah, I'd say this is an ain't. And I'm going to... And I'm going to caveat, I mean, it's not really a caveat, it's an ain't. But I'm going to say there are people who I know who were Christians, but were in their mind, were never actually taught. And I personally know that they weren't taught that. And once they came to that realization, it ended immediately. Yeah. When we were saying ain't, we're not saying you doing this makes you not a Christian. We're saying if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. Correct. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with that being said, no, cohabitation. First of all, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. You're supposed to crucify your flesh. You don't oh, trust your flesh. Pick up your cross. So what I mean by that is some of us think that we can trust your flesh. Yeah. Can't. Man. Can't do it. Woman. Whoa, man. Living t- whoa, man. Living together. I'm sorry, but you're not going to like you're not going to not have sex. It's just not a thing. You're just not as strong as I am. (laughs) I'm sure my my flesh is crucified daily. Yeah, if that were the Uh, case, you wouldn't be living together. (laughs) I'm married. Well, (laughs) that point I'm talking about holy that even though we're married, we still don't. (laughs) Yeah, she lives down the street. Yeah, I'm so holy that. Yeah, she has the kids, and then I left and went to pursue my own desires and abandoned my family. It's so holy. holy. (laughs) But but no, like you can't trust your flesh. You're supposed to crucify your flesh. And if you're in a position where you are making excuses for why it's okay, you're already. You're already wrong. Totally. Like you should never be in a position where you recognize, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't do this, but it's okay because right. the moment I say it's okay because I've you've already lost. You're yeah. already done. Yeah. I, I never once began a conversation where I was convincing people that it was okay for me to live with my girlfriend by going, well, I was reading in the Bible and I yeah. came to this conclusion through studying scripture and praying that I should go live with my girlfriend. <laughs> yep. That, that wasn't my thought. It's, it's not a thing. I'd love to see the uh, exposition of Scripture on that one. That would yeah. be pretty interesting. And and here's the thing. So cohabitation, living together. Some people say, well, well what if, what if, just, just what if it truly was no sex involved? Sure. Even in that, first of all, you're putting yourself in a position where you have a landmine sitting right in front of you. So, A, even if you're not having sex, which you are, but even if you're not, like, that's still a landmine right in front of you. Right. Number two, 
the whole concept of cohabitation with someone, especially somebody that you're dating or someone, the whole concept of that is that you are joining your lives together. You're becoming one flesh. What you're wanting to do is you're wanting to get the benefits without the covenant. Right. And that's wrong. Yeah. Like God doesn't give you the benefits of the covenant with him without covenant with him. And it's the same way. You it's can't like wanting to believe in Jesus without obeying his commandments. <laughs> hey, ties right in. Right. And that's, that's absolutely what it, it's absolutely what it's like. And you can't get the benefits of something that you, and ladies, can I speak to the ladies for a moment? Ladies. He's not willing to put a ring on your can finger. Speak to the lady real quick. Speak to the ladies. How about you? No, um, you guys if <laughs> if, if a man wants to live with you but is not willing to commit to you, get rid of him. In the words of the great theologian Beyonce. <laughs> exactly. If you like it, you should have put a mm-hmm. ring on it. Great words of if, Beyonce. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> if... And that's that's true though. If if a man wants to live with you but doesn't want to commit to you through marriage, get rid of that man. He's not worth it. Yeah, I agree. I think sex before marriage is always wrong. Uh, I want to pose another question to you guys though. Mm. What about roommates of the opposite sex? So like not sharing a room, maybe like same apartment flat or something along those lines. There's a term that they use in Alcoholics Anonymous that I teach and I'm a big proponent of. They say, in reference to drugs or alcohol, but I think it bears weight here, if you hang around a barber shop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. Mm. And so that's exactly right. Like, yeah. let, let me ask you a question. You, you're trying to lose weight. You're going to go sit in an ice cream shop and just sit there and hang out? I'm not going to actually eat the ice cream. It takes a lot of self-control. Right. But if you do it every day, no. you're going you're gonna to eventually get the ice cream. And at the end of the day... There, there's a multiple issues with that. Number one, you're against the landmine. Right? Me with euphemisms. Right. You're going to get some ice cream <laughs> before long. You're going to get two scoops. <laughs> get a banana split. <laughs> I'm talking about ice cream. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> oh, man. My brain went a thousand directions there. We're going to move on. But... But, but the point is, you're setting it yourself. You have that. This is going back to the whole concept of I have the landmine in front of me. Yeah. There's also the, the point of the Bible talks about not letting your evil or your good be evil spoken of. Yeah. There's there's a point when hey maybe you're not doing anything wrong, but you're you're giving the appearance. Right. Like you know what I'm saying like you're there. There comes a point when hey. I don't want to even give the appearance of this or even put myself in a position where I can fall. This is why, like, there's, uh, as as pastors, it's why I won't be in a room alone counseling a woman. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's yeah. rules for that. There, there's guardrails. Just in case. So I'm just saying. Best practice. Yeah. Don't put a, yourself in a landmine. Is it necessarily sin in and of itself? To, to cohabitate with something like I have a roommate that's not you're not sleeping with you're not right. is that in and of itself a sin I can't point to a scripture that tells you that's a sin but yeah. I can't tell you it's unwise and I can tell you that you're going to end up falling yeah yeah that's where I'm going to be at sex before marriage sin roommate of the opposite sex not good not best practice yeah potentially leading to yeah. sin more than likely I think as long as they're real ugly <laughs> then you can have a female roommate. Just kidding, just kidding, everyone. This part's my wife. 
Just kidding. Um, yeah, I just I don't think it's best practice. Uh, if if there are people that are out there that can do it, that's great. But it's probably not good wisdom. Yep. With that being said, we will stamp it. Ain't. 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 Kicked over that ain't hill. Ain't. That's. Oh, uncle's in here. There's ain't. <laughs> Any more? I go all day. No, no, I, absolutely. There's a lot more, but we're, let's not do it. We're going to stop there. Um, so if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and click that subscribe button on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, click that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. If you're listening to this on Spotify or uh, Google Podcasts or iHeartRadio, you can check out my YouTube channel, um, youtube.com slash at the word room, the at symbol, the word room. I'll put it, well, I was going to say I put it on the screen, but if you're listening to this, you wouldn't see that on the screen. So that's not really going to work. In your brain right now. <laughs> but uh, youtube.com slash at the word room with the at being a, the at symbol. So check out the YouTube channel. I've got the weekly podcast that comes out and then throughout the week, other videos that come out about different topics. So you don't want to miss that. Once I hit 500 subscribers, we're working our way there. Once I hit 500 subscribers, I will be giving away a CSB chronological Bible. Ooh. It has daily readings to get through the Bible in a year, reading it through chronologically, which will help you understand the Bible. It's an amazing way to study the Bible. It's got study notes. It's got all kinds of things. It's a great, great study Bible. So if you're one of those people questioning, hey, subscribe. You can get a great study Bible that helps you put it through in chronological order. Maybe it'll help you answer some of your questions you may have. Yep. With that being said, we're out. See you next time. See ya.